Punky Peeps. I'm your host, Angela Bowen, and you're listening to Punky Power, on unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. On today's episode, I will be reviewing Season 2, Episode 2, Punky's Treehouse, which aired on September 22nd, 1985. But before we get into this episode, I do have some birthday wishes to dole out. Amy Foster, who played Margot Kramer, celebrated a birthday on Saturday, August 5th, and... Yesterday, Soleil Moonfry, who played Punky Brewster, celebrated her birthday on August 6th, yesterday. So, happy birthday to you both. I hope you had amazing birthdays with your families, and here's to many more. And I did give them their own uh, posts on Instagram. So maybe they saw them, maybe they didn't. Either way, I'm glad I did it. I like to share, you know, birthdays with people. I mean, it's August. My birthday is coming up soon. All right. Well, as I said, today I will be reviewing Season 2, Episode 2, Punky's Treehouse, which aired on September 22nd, 1985. In this episode, Punky wants to build a treehouse. She and Mike have to resort to reverse psychology to get the rest of the gang on board to help make her treehouse drawing a reality. I do want to apologize in case I sound tired or accidentally yawn. I woke up like an hour ago and I didn't have the best of dreams, so I'm still trying to wake up out of that. Um, boop, boop, boop. Here we go. Okay. We open the episode in the kitchen as Henry's preparing breakfast. He pulls out a box of Sugar Beastie's cereal and pours some into a bowl for Punky. Brandon, eyeing him, barks to Henry that he would also like some as well. So Henry pours some into his bowl. Now, Henry, let's not start Brandon on the road to obesity. Just please stick with dog food. They don't need that other stuff. I love Brandon's candy cane striped bandana. It's really cute. I love (laughs) the half-gallon carton of milk Henry has because we know that would not even last a day with Punky around. Or even for two people, for that matter. I don't even think that was half a gallon. Henry decides to try some sugar beasties himself as he pops a piece into his mouth. He makes this gross-out face like it's the worst thing he ever put in his mouth and tries a, a coffee chaser to wash it down at wash down the aftertaste. We see Punky rush into the kitchen, hugging him as they say good morning to each other. She tells him how she had the best dream ever. You know, I really wish I had her dreams, especially last night or this morning. Hey, my dreams, they haven't been nightmarish bad. They've just basically been unpleasant. I'd gladly trade a handful of my bad dreams for one of Punky's any day of the week. Henry asks her what her dream was about, and Punky explains how the dream started out normally where she was playing jacks with a worm in their backyard. Then she goes on to mention how a bluebird swooped in and grabbed the worm and then disappeared into the tree. That's when she says how she looked up and saw the most fabulous thing ever, a treehouse. And then she shows him her drawing. I have to say, it is very good for a nine-year-old. I don't think I could even draw that good at nine. I mean, I was drawing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I thought those looked kind of 
Those look kind of cool. I mean, I also, I think I drew, like, a duck in a leather jacket or something. I used to be good at that. And my sister, when she would be talking on the phones when I was growing up, would, like, doodle. She'd be drawing and she'd doodle, you know, this little dog. So I picked that up from her and I started making, you know, pictures of dogs and stuff. Nothing fancy schmancy, but eh, taught me how to draw a little. But. Henry takes the drawing and sits down while putting on his glasses to further examine the drawing. He tells her it's beautiful, then points to a rectangle shape hanging down from the treehouse and asks what it is. Punky tells him it's a dog evader for Brandon so he can come up to the treehouse. Henry tells her that, you know, when he was a boy, he always wanted a treehouse, but they didn't have any trees in their yard, only hedges. That reminds me of a story when I was maybe 10 or 11. We had a really nice treehouse. No, we did not have a treehouse. Excuse me. We had a really nice tree in our backyard behind the burn barrels where we burned our trash. We lived in the country. I told my dad how I thought, oh, you know, it would make a great treehouse to build you know, to build, and, you know, I was probably, I had to have been about 10 or 11 at the time, so I might have been a little too old. However, someone had come from the county to come out to trim the branches, maybe because they were too close to the power lines. Well, when I got off the bus, and I saw, I'm thinking, well, where is the tree? And on closer inspection, they chopped it all down, and there's nothing left but a stump. I was not happy. Dad told me they were only meant to trim the branches. Instead, they cut the whole tree down. So that was kind of, uh, that dream died quickly. Maybe I was too old for it by then, anyway. I couldn't really see my dad really investing money into building it. Probably just using spare wood he found around the farm and whatnot. So Punky asks if they can build it, because the hard part is over since they already have the tree. Well, Punky, unfortunately, the hard part has not even begun yet. So you need to draw up real plans, like a blueprint, gather materials, and the people to help construct your treehouse on paper to bring your dream into a reality to rival the treehouse in Swiss Family Robinson. Henry tells her it'd be a major undertaking and Punky's not understanding tells him no it's a treehouse it'll be an overtaking all I gotta say is keep up that positive attitude Punky you are gonna need it to motivate yourself for when you get discouraged and want to give up just imagine yourself already in it relaxing and it'll be amazing she cuddles up to Henry begging him to let her build the treehouse and then sweetens the idea by adding how she'll get the other kids to pitch in and Mrs. Johnson to help out. That way, Henry has to do virtually nothing. He tells her, well, it's a good time to buy a house. Interest rates are low. Excitedly, Henry tells her, what the hey, let's go for it, he cheers. Punky is in shock that he agreed to it as she says, oh, wow, wow, wowie, wow. And she jumps up and down excitedly as she rushes back to Henry's side and hugs him. Like, yes! Oh, Oh, I'm happy for her. She gets ready to head to school, but Henry orders her back to the table to eat her breakfast. She inhales three quick spoonfuls of cereal, a quick sip of milk, and looks at Henry telling him, I'm full, then dashes out the door before he can object. 
Henry, surprised at Punky's quick exit, turns to Brandon and asks, Hey, Brandon, you want seconds? And Brandon looks up and barks his approval. Now we're in school, and we see Cherry struggling to get an apple out of the vending machine. Wow, it's only 25 cents? That's cheap. I remember the first vending machines I ever used in school. I was in junior high, and they were by the cafeteria. There would always be a line forming as school let out, so I had to move if I wanted to grab a Coca-Cola before I got on the bus. We only ever had maybe one two-liter Coca-Cola at home growing up, so let me tell you, when I moved into my apartment, one of the first things I bought was a 12-pack of Coca-Cola. I felt so rich and so special. I didn't have to share it with anybody. At my grandma's house on Saturdays when she made hamburgers for dinner, my dad and I would have dinner there, and I'd grab a two-liter out of the stairwell, only to, to discover most of the time it was flat because somebody didn't close it all the way. So I was stuck with flat pop for dinner because I wasn't allowed to open a fresh one. Not to mention, these pops in the stairwell, these, uh, they weren't cold, so they weren't refrigerated. So basically, not only is the pop flat, it's warm. <laughs> it's like room temperature as well. It's not cold. doesn't have any carbonation to it. It wasn't great. Mike sees Cherry struggling, and he shows her a trick he picked up at Fencer Hall. So he taps a couple times on the slot dispensers, then bumps the machine a couple times with his hip and pulls the little door open and pulls out an apple. That is some fancy hand... He does some fancy hand moves and hands it to Cherry. He admit... Or she admits that she was getting the apple for him. Aww, what a sweetheart. Plus, this show is promoting healthy eating, which I apparently know nothing about. <laughs> cough, cough, Gardetto snack mix addiction right here. Although, I did go four days last week without it, so yay me! But, actually, to be honest, I... When did I have them? I think it was... It was Friday. It was Friday because I had to get gas in my car, and I stopped into a convenience store, and I actually picked up a bag. So, yeah, it was only four days. But I didn't have any over the weekend. <laughs> Alright, I love Empire Apples. They're the perfect size. They fit right in your palm. My family um, runs a fruit farm. They're fruit farmers. So I grew up with apples in my life. Lately, I've been eating pre-sliced apple slices without the skin at work with a small little carry-and-go crunchy Jif peanut butter for something to have on one of my breaks at my job. Just a quick suggestion for people looking for a quick snack for school or work. Oh, yeah, school's coming up, guys. It's coming up. He takes the apple and thanks her as he takes a loud, audible crunch out of it as he heads into the classroom, I think. We see a close-up shot of Cherry's face as she gets her familiar cross-eyed, love-struck look. Margot and Alan rush over, and Margot chimes in, telling Cherry, that's the third apple you've given Mike this week. Uh, okay, Cherry, you, you might want to slow down, or, like, stop altogether, because I'm sure the sentiment is going to get old or played out. Maybe switch tactics, give him an orange, or compliment his style of clothes. Yeah, an apple a day keeps the bad grades away, Alan teases. 
Oh, somebody's jealous. Alan, don't worry, guy. I'm sure you're still number one in Cherry's heart. Yeah, I think she's got a crush on him, Marco jokes. She tells him that she thinks... Cherry tells them, I just think he's a great teacher. And him being incredibly handsome has nothing to do with it. Margo and Alan laugh at this as we see Punky charging down the stairs to tell them about her plans for the treehouse. She asks them, I don't know why I typed he, she asks them excitedly if they know what she dreamed last night. Let me guess, you're playing jacks with a worm again, Alan complains. Yeah, but this time it had a different ending, she tells him. This time we had a great, big, beautiful treehouse! She tells them, and the kids are really impressed as they all crowd around Punky's drawing. She tells him that Henry said, she tells them all that Henry said that she could build it this Saturday. And asks if they want to help, and they scream their approval. She says, this is going to be the best Saturday they ever spent. First of all, so, you, it's got to be what, Friday? Tomorrow, the next day Saturday, right? She's popping it that dropping that on them like the day before tree houses are going to probably take at least more than a weekend to work on especially if you're starting from scratch not to mention what if they had plans already and they were doing other stuff i don't know we'll see what happens so we skip to the weekend as we are in the backyard and we see cherry and alan pulling nails out of a board with the strength that took them to pull just that one nail, you'd think they were trying to pull the sword out of the stone. They pull back on that hammer with so much force and knocks them onto their backs. Alan complains that they've been at this for an hour and asks how many nails they pulled as they look around and Cherry determines only one. They better pick up that one nail or someone's going to wind up in the emergency room for a tetanus shot. That is n not safe to be just throwing them wherever. They should have a container or baggie or something with them to put those nails in. They're not going to be building much of anything if all they're using is old boards that have nails in them. No wonder they're discouraged when they look at the other boards on the ground waiting to be denailed. Suddenly, Punky comes into the backyard along with Brandon, who's pulling a radio flyer wagon piled high with more boards to be denailed. As she announces, more wood to Cherry and Alan. More nails, Cherry and Alan collectively groan. Those boards don't look safe to use at all. Punky encourages them to cheer up and get cracking on the boards. How about you, Punky? Are you going to help denail them as well? All she's doing is getting the supplies. Anyone can do that. I mean, come on. She's not even pulling the wagon. She's making Brandon the pack mule pull it. His mouth is going to be so sore from pulling that handle. Cherry and Alan complain about it being too hot. Here's the thing. It's September. They're back in school. Also, they live in Chicago. And not to mention, Alan's wearing that same ratty old gray sweatshirt with the cut-off sleeves. I'm beginning to think that this is the only article of clothing he owns because we never seem to see him in anything else. I mean, it can't be that bad. If it is, go inside and change into some tank tops. Alan suggests to Punky they build it in the winter. 
Uh, no, because it would be too cold and no one wants to be hanging out in a treehouse filled with snow. No one wants to be outside in the winter unless they have to. Margot comes strolling into the backyard and dressed to the nines, clearly not there to help, as Punky asks why she's dressed like that. Margot tells her it's because she has impeccable taste. Even Brandon had to roll his eyes with that one. She means, why aren't you dressed to help out? Sherry clarifies. Margot tells her she wanted to, but her mother is taking her to meet Nigel St. Clair. The others all look at each other. Who? They ask. Yeah, really. I was like, I don't even know who that is, and most likely could I could care less. <laughs> Margot puts her hands on her hips, scolding them, asking, Don't you read Architectural Digest? Alright, I've heard of Reader's Digest, which I read when I was like in second or third grade, and Writer's Digest, which I subscribed to back in 2008. No, I have never heard of Architectural Digest. Also, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't really like Margot's outfit. Her dress is so plain Jane pale pink. She asks if they've heard of Nigel St. Clair, and they shake their heads. She tells them he's the nation's leading closet decorator. Really? Closet decorator? Not that impressive like that lady from the Seinfeld episode who wanted to get rid of Jerry's closets to install hooks everywhere. Speaking of closets, hey Margot. Put that dress back. Closet decorator? You mean he doesn't want anyone to know he's a decorator? Alan asks, confused. Wow, I didn't know the term closet was coined by Alan, who was clearly ahead of his time here. No, he designs closets from every important person there is. For every important person there is, she corrects him. And he's going to do our closet, she tells him excitedly. What important people? Come on, Marco. I want names. Give me names. Punky, who's been standing there the whole time, arms crossed, not impressed at all, asks, But what about the treehouse? Margo tells Punky, I don't think you can afford him, Punky. At this, Margo puts on her sunglasses, says, Ciao, and walks away. Can you believe her? Alan complains. Yeah, she was just trying to get out of doing the work. Cherry adds. You know what she is, Punky asks them. <laughs> Smart, Cherry and Alan agree, looking at each other. Even Brandon nods his head. He literally nods his head at this. That dog. Oh my gosh, that dog is amazingly talented and smart. Well, you have to admit, these kids have no real direction or plan to work from other than a drawing that's being hung up on one of the steps leading up into the non-existent treehouse at the moment. I can see how they'd be frustrated and ready to just say, you know what, I'm out, and then follow Marco's leave. Betty comes out, waving a dusting mop in the air, telling Cherry how they got big trouble because her Aunt Larnice is on her way over. Uh-oh, Cherry says. Betty tells Punky how as soon as Lanice comes into the apartment, she starts complaining on her last visit, she complained that the carpet wasn't clean enough, the silver wasn't shiny enough, the air freshener wasn't fresh enough. Punky asks if she's like that, then why do you keep letting her come over? Betty tells her, because she's family, and I love her. Plus, she's got a mattress stuffed with $100 bills, and I'm her only relative. Ooh. Oh, I like that. 
Cherry says she'll make some cookies so that way Aunt Lenise won't complain if her mouth is full of stuff. Cherry quickly apologizes as she dashes into the apartment. Punky shrugs her shoulders, hurt, and then turns to Alan, who she notices is hauling Butt on his bike out of the backyard as she calls out his name in frustration. Alan! He shouts back, his aunt is coming over too! And Punky yells, when? As soon as I call her, he, uh, he says already on the other side of the fence. Henry comes out and greets Punky, who, men who rushes over to hug him and mentions how he's the best foster dad in the whole world. Yeah, she's trying to rope him into helping her. I know you'll help me build my treehouse, Punky tells him cheerfully. You're doing that today? he asks. Isn't that why you're in your work clothes? she asks him. He tells her he wishes he could help, but he has to get to the front apartment. He has to get the front apartment painted for the new tenants that are coming in since the painters backed out. It's nice to see Henry taking on responsibilities as the apartment manager. It's almost like unless he's doing something related to being an apartment manager, it's almost like it seems like he isn't one. You mean you're deserting me too? Punky asks her. Punky? I'm the apartment manager. It's my job, he explains. Yeah, I understand, Henry, she tells him, and he pats her on the head as he heads back inside. Punky goes to the tree and touches her drawing, sadly, telling herself, who needs a treehouse? It was only a dumb dream, anyway. A dream that isn't just isn't going to come true. As she sulks on the ground behind the tree, I think if she had planned out a blueprint and talked with someone to know what all to get and planned it like a week or so in advance, it would have given people time to help instead of springing it on her friends the day before. Poor planning leads to unsatisfactory results. Brandon goes over to give her a comforting look on the face. Now we're in class the next day. Margo's wearing a tank top. Must be warm out. But there Alan is again with that dang gray sweatshirt, and I see him in the next episode. He's going to be wearing it again. Mike tells the kids to take out their grammar books, and the kids collectively groan. Then Mike suggests a puppet show, and the kids readily approve of that right away. It's like, yeah, I'd rather see a puppet show than work out of a workbook. He introduces two puppets, Norman Noun and his wife, Vera Verb. I like this concept of learning in, instead of a workbook, like I said. Does anyone remember the letter people from elementary school in the like, mid-70s and 80s? I remember them from first grade when I was in school in 1989. There's this song in Inflatable Puppets. It was really cool. It was funny. Um, I think if you look, you can find the song individually of the letters on YouTube, which I was listening to last night. After class is dismissed, Mike calls Punky to stay behind and asks why she was distracted during class. And she mentions the treehouse uh, Oh, my goodness, guys. She mentions the treehouse she wants to build, but she isn't able to wrangle her crew into actively participating. Alright, now I'm going to play this clip between Mike and Punky where she, she is discussing giving up on her dream of ever having a treehouse. And Mike tells her not to give up. So I'll play that and I'll be right back. Punky, can I see you for a minute? 
Sure, Mike. You know, during the puppet show, I couldn't help but notice that you weren't noticing. Oh, you noticed. Something troubling you? Yeah, well, I used to believe that people can make their dreams come true, but not anymore. Really? Why not? You see, I had this dream about a terrific treehouse. But in real life, it was impossible to get builded. Built? You know, Bunky, sometimes you have to work real hard to make your dreams come true. Thomas Edison's dream was the electric light bulb. And do you know how long he tried before he could make it work? 20 hours a day for a whole year. Boy, he must have had a heck of an electric bill. <laughs> yeah, but Edison didn't give up on his dream, and you shouldn't either. But, I mean, nobody wants to help me build the treehouse. I love the idea, but they hate the work. Hmm. Maybe you should try and make it fun for them. How do you make work fun? Same way I make grammar fun. Puppets? No. <laughs> With psychology. Hey, let's put our heads together and see what we could come up with. They decide to go to Betty first to see if she'll help them with the tarp that they want to paint green, you know, paint a tree on, and hang in the tree so as not to scare the birds away. They play upon Betty's ability to sew in her careful, skilled hand as a nurse. And she completely buys into it. Reverse psychology at its finest. Then, on the stairs, Punky comes across Margot and appeals to her fashion sense and design for a color scheme of her treehouse. She shows Margot her work on paper, and Margot tells her it's atrocious, and gladly takes over in the decorating department. In the backyard, Mike conveniently places himself at the base of the tree as Alan wheels his bike into the backyard. Mike asks Alan for his mechanical expertise when it comes to installing the lift for Brandon after to lift Brandon up into the treehouse. After Alan shares how he put the wheels on his new BMX bike. Alan tells him to rig a pulley over a branch and find something heavy to lift the platform which Brandon will sit on. Alan tells him that he'll figure it out after Mike tells him he's still confused. In the kitchen, we see Brandon with a chef's hat as Punky is putting the finishing touches on the cookies that look more like hamburger patties with red icing on them. Cherry comes in as she asks Punky if she wants to go skating the next day, and Punky tells her that everyone is going to be working on the treehouse. Feeling left out, Cherry asks if there's something she can do. And Punky tells her, well, we pretty much have all the people we need. Cherry then pleads with her to be included. Punky tells her she's finishing snacks for tomorrow and offers one to Cherry, who sees it, who takes a bite of it and realizes it's as hard as a rock. And tells Punky to step aside and give the chef some room. I love how even in season two, they're still incorporating Cherry liking to cook and everything. She likes to cook, she likes to eat, just like in season one. So this is fun. I like that they're keeping this as a character trait for her. <clears throat> While this is going on, Brandon is licking the leftover flour on the plate from the, the flour sifter. I really hope they wash that before they use it again. 
Mike and Punky try to rope Henry into paving the treehouse, but he's on to their little con job and then tells them at the end that he was planning to paint it all along. Then we're treated to a fun building montage as everyone works on building the treehouse dream, bringing it to completion as the song Cooperation plays overhead. I don't know who sings it, though. I probably could have looked, but I didn't. In the next scene, Punky raises the tarp that has a tree with birds painted on it, and the adults all clap in celebration. The treehouse is open in the front with a low railing and splashed with multicolored paint on the walls and the wooden planks to climb up. The low railing makes me nervous that someone is going to lean too far forward and fall to their death. But then again, that's just me being paranoid. <laughs> they get Brandon into the lift, and Alan slides down into the t in the tire swing to help pull him up. Does he really weigh enough to raise a dog up in the treehouse? Or raise Brandon up into the treehouse? I mean, not to mention that platform. I don't know how much that weighs. Mike climbs up into the treehouse and Punky thanks him for helping her dream come true. Helping make it come true. <laughs> Alright guys, that's the end of the episode. I'm sorry if I kind of stumbled a little bit here and there. I mean, I'm... I'm mostly woken up now. I mean, it's already 11.30 as I stare at the clock. So. Alright. So, time for my Brandon Tailwag episode rating. I'm giving this episode a 5 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. One, for Mike and Punky bringing everyone together to build the treehouse. Two, for Mike teaching the kids about nouns and verbs through the use of puppets over workbooks. Three. For Mike telling Punky not to give up on her dreams. Four, for the cool Brandon elevator invention. Five, for Brandon's chef's outfit. It was so cute and adorable. Time for Punky's principles. What I kind of got from the episode. Basically appealing to people's knowledge of things when asking them to help out on a project. Finding out where their expertise lies and how it fits in with what you're working on will make them more inept to become involved. So, so you're working on a project and you need people just... Think of people that you know would have expertise in the area and that you'd benefit from what they can do it's like i mean you can definitely ask whoever to help but when you get someone who actually knows what they're doing it makes that process a lot easier on you and the other person so yeah here's words from lauren my punky pal my all-time i cannot speak today yeah, all right here's words from lauren my all-time punky pal on this episode she says, I also love that Mike was in this episode and helps Punky to achieve her dream. He does, and, you know, I'm going to play that clip because I thought that was technically kind of their first one-on-one -on -one conversation together that we've really seen them. So this is, this is nice. All right, here's some comments from the Punky's Treehouse episode on YouTube. One, I love how Cherry would get cross-eyed whenever she had a crush. LOL. Two, what a great show. And I love seeing the old NBC logo, uh, stereo bug just enhances the nostalgia. LOL. Three, 
Oh, I also wanted to have a treehouse, but I had no friends to share it with. My cousin had one that had an open deck. I loved to go up there. I could go up, but I could never go down. Loved to go up to reach the top, but it was afraid to go down. But I never had a treehouse. Today's kids don't know what it is, because they still sit at home and play computer games, or video games, or they probably play on their phone. Alan cracks me up. Closet decorator? You mean he doesn't want people to know he's a decorator? LOL. The next one. This was back when TV was wholesome. Wish it could still be like that these days. So do I. Oh, let me turn off my timer here. My lunch is almost done. This is the only episode that I ever remember of Punky Brewster. My love for treehouses is because of this episode. Snack machine outside the classroom? That would be cool if they still had them. That would be cool. Without a doubt, this is my favorite childhood TV show. Her treehouse is beautiful. Even though I'm way too old for it myself, I want to build a treehouse much like that one. That elevator for Brandon wouldn't work like that for the way down. Really, that's why I'm wondering, how would it work to get him down? Time to give a shout out to some Punky Power listeners. Belfast, Maine. Nobleboro, Maine. Avenel, Avenel, New Jersey. Portland, Maine. A lot of Maine here. Germantown, Maryland. Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Van Nuys, California. St. Leonard's, United Kingdom. Laurel, Maryland. Mountain View, California. Uh, someplace in France. LaSalle, Sir Tarn. I'm, if I mispronounce it, I'm sorry. It's got hyphens in it. Toronto, California. Sacramento. Or, excuse me, Toronto, Canada. <laughs> Sacramento, California. Bath, Pennsylvania. Willowbrook, Illinois. Paris, France. Managua, Nicaragua. I want to give a sincere thank you to all the listeners out there, whether you listen to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or any other listening platforms that you may use to hear this podcast. I love giving you the episode recaps of Punky Brewster every week. Joining me as I go into full detail describing her many adventures and shenanigans with Henry, Brandon, and her friends, as well as my occasional running commentary on childhood stories. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe by going to iTunes so you won't miss an episode. The more rates and reviews this podcast gets, the easier it is for other people to see it's out there. So tell your family and friends, this is a family-friendly podcast to be listened to by all. Also, you can check out my social media sites, which you can access using the links on my SoundCloud account, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Throughout the week, I put out listener and episode trivia questions for upcoming episodes on my social media sites. If you'd like to become an honorary Punky Peep of the Week, crown and all, All you got to do is just answer the listener and episode trivia questions posted on my social media sites. They are as follows. Facebook, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. Instagram, Punky PB podcast. Twitter, 
Punky PB Podcast, Tumblr, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster Podcast, and Gmail, Punky Power PB Podcast at gmail.com. For those of you that want to email me to help, tell me what Punky Brewster means to you, if you watched it as a child, or maybe you've introduced it to your own child, or anything Punky related as well as praise for this podcast. Join me next Monday, August 14th, for Season 2, Episode 3, Cheaters Never Win which aired on September 29, 1985. Punky and Alan struggle while studying for their geometry test and decide the only way that they can pass is by cheating. They come up with some clever hiding spots for answers. This episode definitely teaches you the after effects of cheating, especially what happens after you get caught. Keep on shining your punky power, and I will see you all next Monday with a new episode. Bye-bye.